Hello and welcome to the Immigrant Incorporate podcast. I'm excited to introduce to you my guest for today, Shelly Jeffcoat. Shelly wears many hats. She has many years of experience in corporate America. She's currently the director, employer brand, and employee value proposition for a corporate organization in the U.S. She's also the founder of LCM Group. She founded LCM because of her passion for serving others by inspiring them to learn, coach, and model their way to a successful life. She is the author of the series, My Pie Series, and she also hosts a slice of pie on a weekly basis. She has built a successful online community, and I'm looking forward to have her share her insights from her experiences as an immigrant in the corporate workplace. Thank you for joining us. Hello, and welcome to the Immigrants in Corporate podcast. On this podcast, you will learn from lived experiences how to thrive in the corporate workplace as an immigrant. My name is Lola Adeyemo. I am the CEO of EQI Mindset and the founder of the nonprofit Immigrant Incorporate Inc. I work with organizations to build inclusive workplaces. On this podcast, I will be amplifying immigrant voices from within corporate organizations through solo episodes as well as guest interviews. It is a global world of work, and I'm very sure you can learn a thing or two from my guests who are originally from different parts of the world and their experiences working in the corporate workplace. Shelly, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm excited to have a conversation with you today. Oh, wow. First of all, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I'm just, I'm tickled right now. (laughs) Y'all, I'm on her show. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. And for every yachty who's who's listening from Mandeville, so glad we're there. (laughs) Well, you get to have... (laughs) <laughs> Shelly and I connect real good on a different session. So I I wanted to bring it back to Shelly's background, which is yeah. similar to our audience. And that I I am a, I myself am looking forward to hearing because I haven't heard this part very much, even yeah. though I've known you for a, a short <laughs> while. Um so so Shelly, tell us uh, a little about your immigrant background. I'd love yeah. to know about your family, how you got here, as much as you want to share. Let's meet you. All right. So first of all, my name, my full name used to be Shelly Ann Angela Raquel Wilson. Okay. okay. And I'm married now and is now Shelly Wilson Jeffco. But I was born and raised in Jamaica. I came to the U.S. July 24th, 1984. So if you come here, you should know what date you came here. <laughs> okay? Yes. You must know the date you came here. And you know, when I uh, when I came, when I left Jamaica, I was in prep school. I'm from a family that's very fortunate. Um, but I was sent here because I was <clears throat> excused out of prep school and sent to live with an aunt. Uh, so that's really why I ended up here. I have a large family, so there's five siblings. We're all over the world. So I'm in the US. I have a brother who's in the US. I have a younger sister who is in Quebec. I have an older brother who is uh, in England in the UK okay. and I have another younger brother who is still in Jamaica and all of us have been so blessed in everything that we're doing. Our parents have 
you know, passed on, but our, you know, our heritage, we're Yachty, so we still have the same home training that we had from then. We're st all very committed to the same things, education, being successful, being focused, all of those things. So, so okay. that's, uh, you that's said my something. background. Yeah, you said something <laughs> that I wanted to go right back to. Okay, what's Yadi? Did you say you're Yadi? Is that oh, your so tribe? I'm so Jamaica, so so Jamaican, if you're Jamaican, 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 like you're Jamaican born, you're, you're called Yadi. So you're from Yard ah. meaning home. So, oh. And so if you're in America, you're a Yankee. <laughs> really? That's, yeah, yeah. So that's the difference. You're a Yadi or a, you're a Yankee. That's the difference. <laughs> Wait, are these terms that are used in Jamaica or in America? They're used here. So so um so Jamaicans in this country know what a yardie and a Yankee. <laughs> you know what you know not, who you are. It's not like a bad word, right? It's just no, a term that's to differentiate. Not a bad word. Okay. Yeah, it's just yeah. So because usually when you if you meet another if I meet another um somebody from Yard, from you know, I'll say I'm a Yardie. I mean I'm I'm from okay. That's just okay. how we... I just um, wanted to know so you don't get me in trouble. If I meet no. a Jamaican and I'm trying to feel like I know the Eastern, I'm like, are you Yadi? <laughs> like, yeah. wait, I hope I don't offend someone. Yeah. And, you know, I, and, you know, here's the difference because someone is different. If you're, if you're Jamaican born, you know, those things don't go away. So it's just what you kind of, how you identify yourself. And really quickly, you'll be able to know if, if it's someone who's Jamaican born or someone who is who has a heritage meaning they live in the u.s or oh they're goodness. born somewhere else that's different we wow. honor both but we speak differently <laughs> i love it no that's that's very important and i think um in the last couple of months when i started doing research around immigrants that's one of the things yeah. that i learned is that that word yes. doesn't sum of the richness right of you know, what people mean when they say I'm an immigrant. I'm an immigrant means something different for everybody. And there's such a broad spectrum. So that's right. Thanks for, for telling us a little about your background. So were your parents still based in Jamaica when you moved? Yeah, they were still in Jamaica. My my dad, um, he worked for a company for some time. He owned his own business. He was an entrepreneur. My mom was a teacher and a minister. Um, very successful. You know, we have a, a lot of our families. I was supposed to be a doctor. That's kind of what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I was supposed so, to be a doctor too. A lot, a lot of Africans <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's just that's just the nature of it. So you know, the the way that it is in in our family, you have kind of selected chosen professions, and mm -hmm. I think for the most part, we've ignored it. So one of my brothers, he's he's an architect. Um, you know. My sister and one of my brothers is IT. My older brother is in, in the medical field. And okay, so one one person did fulfill the dream. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of us decided we're going to do what we want. <laughs> well, I think the parents too would learn that at least, as long as we get one. <laughs> yes. We're good. Um, but that's amazing. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. So you left at a pretty young age. Yeah. Um, do you have any memories from home you like to share? Did you I go do. visiting? I do. I mean, I think the best memories I have um, are our school. I, I I joke a lot with my. Um, I have two. It's so strange because so for y'all who are, you can't see me, I look gorgeous, but I'm 51. Can't, I'll be 51 this year. I don't look it, but I am. Okay. <laughs> and one of the things that um, I was talking to two friends who I actually went to prep school with. Um, is the shenanigans we used to get into. And so my mom was a teacher at the school that I went to, okay? 
And so, and she eventually became a principal. And so just imagine going to school and your mom is a teacher. That means everybody knows you. And all five of us kids, you know, everyone knew who we were because of a lot of the impact of the work that my, my dad did in our community. He was wow. you know, doing endowments. So we we're do well have known. a lot of similarities there. My yeah. dad was the prophet was the professor at my school oh. as well. <laughs> so you I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so we, there was a lot of fun shenanigans that we got into, and you know, looking back at some of the things that we were expected to do, even uh, you know, we have um, back back at our home in Jamaica, we have a, a, um, a home home room. Oh my gosh, homework room. Okay. It literally is a room that has a giant desk in it. And when you came home from school, that's where you went. <laughs> you went to this room and you did your work. You had some snacks and you moved on. And I think, you know, when I think about the structure that came from my parents, that's what really stuck with me the most. That and just, you know, giving back to our community um, in a way that my parents did stuff for folks in the community that they they never knew was done by my parents it was always done under shield so i live like that still i'm you know i, I really believe in giving without having to tell folks i gave so those right. are some of the things that but we had fun there's five kids and all of us are you know just as sillier as the next we, we don't take ourselves seriously <laughs> so we laugh a lot you know we're very sarcastic all those wonderful attributes that you know come from being a yachty oh my gosh thank you so much <laughs> for sharing that that just warms my heart um, so when you say prep school and yeah by the ignorance on my part that's high school right so prep school actually starts much much younger than that so okay. um, yeah so prep school is it's probably like the kindergarten all the way up. Oh, um, okay. yeah. And so then, that's like and then you go to high school here. Yeah, and then okay. you go to uh, I guess here in the, this country, you go to middle school, and then you go to high school. So when I left Jamaica, I left. I uh, when I came to this country, I came to the, uh, this country in the eighth grade, and I left prep school. Yeah. So it's yeah. Just, so you were yeah. okay. So kind of, uh, I was trying to estimate your age and yeah. how young you were at that time. Yeah, I was about twelve, I think, at that time. Okay. Yeah, if I have okay. my dates right. Yeah. 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 So you were aware enough. You had enough of a oh, memories yeah. of home and everything. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, now that we've gone to Jamaica a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's come back to the U.S. Um, so I guess the, the second section, I usually try to go into career, career uh, path, career choices. But do you have anything to share there as far as being an immigrant in America as a student before going into college? Just a little yeah. of your entry first before we yeah. go into the workplace. So, so before entering, so college for me was not the typical route. Um, so I'm, let me just, let me start at the end and work my way back. I got my master's degree a few years, not even a few years ago. Maybe it's been longer than that. It's been longer than that, y'all. But I did not do the traditional go to high school, go straight to college, finish college, go to master's, was supposed to get my PhD. I did not do that route. Part of the reason um, was I wanted to be an actress. <laughs> And, um, and so I, and by the way, that was a no, no, because remember I, me I mentioned the structure, right? So I think as an immigrant, um, one of the things that I did not learn until much later was that I could create my own existence. 
Um, everything had to be done. And I'm not, you know, this is not an, a bad thing. It's just because I still believe you should have parents should, should aspire for their kids to do whatever that is, that whatever that looks like for them. But the, um, but the aspirations of my parents, I wanted to step away from that for a while. So I, I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to do um, entertainment. I wanted to be a, a designer, a clothing designer. And uh, so I tried to do some of those things earlier in my career. I actually had one of my first jobs. My first, when, I, when I left high school, I, I went to Penn State University. I was not supposed to go there. I was supposed to go to University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's what my parents paid for. <laughs> um, but I ended up, I took a detour and I got my first job, which is, this is a part of the lesson, right? I got my first job working for Macy's department store in their buyers program in White Plains, New York. Now, I don't know if y'all know where White Plains, New York is, but it's a suburb of, it's not the city. I did end up living in New York City, but this isn't the city. So this is going to a buyers program, which you thought was gonna be in the city and end up being nothing like that. But it really got a chance for me to step outside of the box that I was supposed to be in, which is being a doctor. Um, and so that I think is like lesson one as an, as an immigrant child, you need to be able to figure out what it is that you want to do, not what your parents want to do. Now, if the parents are listening, pretend I said none of this. But you must, you must do that. And you mm-hmm. must be allowed to make the mistakes or, or do these lessons because had I not done that, I don't think I would be kind of living and walking in the purpose that I was always meant to be today. So I, I took that. And eventually, um, I, I did go to school. And I did finish, got my degree. I actually have a degree in, in human resources and marketing. Um, I'm also a, a proud nerd. So I'm a member of three honor societies. One of them is Golden Key. Shout out to any Golden Key members who might listen. Global organization is fantastic. But I, you know, I ended up moving into corporate jobs. So one of the first corporate jobs I got was for a, a small company. You guys might never have heard of them called IBM. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, never heard of them. But they were they were uh, they were my first foray into a real blue job, right? You know, at that point when I joined the organization, this is years ago. You know, we were still wearing blue suits, okay? And so, um, so when I joined IBM, I joined in through the sales program. I ended up, you know, being there for a while. I took a lot of other opportunities, and I went into um, being an engineer. I was an engineer at Bell South, which is now actually AT and T. For those of you guys who are in the, you know, northern eastern part of the U.S. and you're familiar with that company, so I worked for them. Um, AT and T allowed me to be. Um, one of two female engineers. There were only two of us at the time. And that person who is the other person is still a, a bestie <laughs> now in my life. It's been many years, but you know, because of that opportunity, I was able to really build on those technical foundational skills. Um, I went to work for Hewlett Packard, um, became Hewlett Packard Enterprise, which became MicroFocus, which you know, kind of brought me to where I am today. So my whole span of working in corporate America, I would say as an immigrant, has been challenging. Um, part of the challenge is that, you know, while I look like a lot of my colleagues who are African American, I am not. And so there are certain things that my um, that I'm taught that that are kind of ingrained in the way I was raised, and we just don't shake that right. So we're bringing in our 
method, the way we think, the way we solve problems, the way we talk to people. I mean, even things like, you know, I still, um, I'm, I, I speak with my hands. <laughs> I'm, I'm very animated when I speak and my voice fluctuates and it really doesn't matter who I'm speaking to. This, this is, this is just it. It's just, if you, if you could see me now, my hands are going up and down, right? Because I, I'm very, I'm very much energetic when I speak. And so if you're not used to that and you're used to, um, you know, being in a country where, you know, wrongly, a lot of African-Americans were kind of taught that they had to be more, um, they had to kind of pull it in. They had to be very restrictive in the way they speak to certain groups. Professional, and especially professional. when we're talking about the corporate yeah, workers, right? Exactly. All of a sudden, you know, being professional means that you can't speak with your hands, or if you if your voice, you know, if, if you raise your voice a little bit, that means that you're upset and you're angry. Well, if I'm talking to you, my voice pitch doesn't change. That means I'm out of that conversation, anyways, because I'm bored. <laughs> because my natural instinct is to have a voice fluctuate because that's that's who I am. I'm a West Indian woman and that's that's who I am. Another thing that um that I, I run into is confidence. And so whenever I have conversations with young women, especially because I mentor and I, I coach a lot of folks and we talk about confidence, and one of the questions I always get is why why are you so why do you why why are you so confident? And the answer is because it's in my DNA. That's in my DNA. So if you're if you're talking to someone who has been built this way, right? So I don't know any I don't know any Jamaican woman who isn't confident. Now we might we might you know have different um, shades of how we approach things, but we're very confident and, and we're very credible. And so when, when when we come to the table, that's what you're seeing, right? And so to be in a situation where even if your confidence is questioned or, or, or um, someone looks at confidence as being egotistical, for example, right? It doesn't compute. It doesn't compute for me to, to not be confident. It doesn't compute for me to not speak up. It just doesn't because of how I was built. And that's just part of the cultural difference. You know, one of the cultural differences that, I, that I've run into in corporate America. Right, right. And, and I, I, I love that. First, let's go back to that being a doctor thing, okay? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, and I'm laughing hearing you say that because I also grew up in Nigeria. And once you're doing very well in science subjects or in school, yes. um, to be fair, though, I was one of those that I wasn't really sure what I wanted. So, I, and I think that's the big difference for yeah. immigrants um, because the immigrants that end up knowing what they want they usually become, you know, like the problem child because you yes. don't want to listen to your parents. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, so for me, it was kind of easy because my dad was in academia. He was a math professor at the school where I went to elementary, um, the institution at elementary, high school and college. Yeah. So when it was time for me, I didn't go to high school there, but I, you know, I said, well, what's your favorite subject? You like biology? You want to be a doctor? And I'm like, mm, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was fine to be led, you know. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, I would say I'm grateful and privileged yeah. so that when I figured out, I can't even stand the sight of blood. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't have a passion for medicine. That my parents didn't give me a hard time. You know, it, it, that was helpful because I, I, I can definitely relate to that feeling of 
yeah expected to go to college um to yes. high school and then after high school you're expected to go to college and then if your parents can afford it you go on to grad school right after <laughs> <laughs> that's right and you know what's crazy is i have those same expectations with my daughter i have a 13 year old daughter and she's supposed to be a doctor that's just life <laughs> and she's she's announced that she's going to be an entertainment lawyer and she's an amazing singer and she's oh, just a, a really great talent but in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, okay, but you're still gonna be a doctor. You can do both. <laughs> it's, you can't you can't separate, you know, how we're raised and some of the things we're made to to believe. So I I do love that you took time uh, off and explored because that's one of the things I always used to think after coming to the U.S. and uh, being in in class with a lot of older yeah. people who were getting their degrees. I remember yeah. thinking in in Nigeria, I I don't know why. People get to select a, um, a, a discipline yeah. without even knowing what we're doing. I, I, I remember thinking it would definitely be an advantage to be able to explore some job opportunities and the workplace before picking. Because yeah. when I was doing my master's in University of Texas, of, of Houston in Texas, I had a high school student, just 16 17 at that time and she was in the lab with me when I was running uh, independent <laughs> studies <laughs> and I remember thinking oh my god she's always <laughs> we're running the same DNA experiment um, but I felt like that was cool though because yeah. at least before you lock yourself down into a career path which might still yeah. change anyway yeah. at least get some work experience in know something that you are interested in yeah. before you make a decision that would affect the rest of your life so absolutely yeah <laughs> thanks for sharing that yeah i i, I love the african african um we used to call it african parents there's so many memes around african parents in in uh, the u.s with nigerians that yeah it's either you're a doctor if you're not a doctor you're like a failure <laughs> yeah exactly something went wrong <laughs> something went wrong um yeah so um, also you talked about just being in the workplace. I, yeah. I think coming into the work, corporate workplace and some of these differences as well is also important, right? Because we do have people coming from different countries, people coming from everywhere, and then people that are born and raised here without that external influence. And there's a difference because where you're coming from, your cultures, your values, your upbringing is what shapes how you show up, right? You're not thinking, I can't do this. You're thinking, oh, this is how everybody talks. We all have to speak up. We all have to be confident, right? And you have to, sometimes you you respond by unlearning all of that because you're trying to fit in to the corporate workplace. So how did you retain yourself? What, what kind of support system? How did you retain who you are, your authenticity at work? Yeah. That's hard. So that's something that um, I am more comfortable. I think some of that comes with age and maturity. Um, I think you have to actually accept who you are. I accept the truth about who I am. And that's something that took me a long time. When I first started out in corporate America, it wasn't, listen, when I first came to this country, it wasn't cool to be Jamaican. So, you know, you, you have to understand, yeah, I'm talking about the 80s, y'all. I graduated from high school in this country in 1988. And so being, um, you know, being someone who was from Jamaica, it just wasn't cool then. We were being told that we need to go back to where we came from. All we did was smoke weed and we were poor. And what was crazy is I would be thinking about my lifestyle in Jamaica and understanding when I was, when I, when I came to this country, what I, I was sent here because 
you know, my family, my parents thought this was a better opportunity for me, more structure. And look, we were spoiled kids. <laughs> okay. And I was, I would be thinking about, you know, in Jamaica, um, we have helpers. Why am I even cleaning my own room? I mean, it's, it is, it was such a difference in, you know, in this country and having to, you know, learn this new culture and, and, and having, having to take on really a different language. We don't even speak the same English. We don't speak the same English. So even to, even nowadays, like I'm married to an American man and I, sometimes I'm like, I'll say something or he'll say something. And I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't even know what he's saying. So you have to get to a point, though, where you are comfortable with who you are. My heritage, my homeland, and I, listen, and I say this also as someone, I'm not going back to, to Jamaica every every year. It's just, it's just not, I'm, I'm not that kid who does that, but I am who I am, and I take that wherever I go. I am first and foremost a Jamaican woman. So that, that, that part of the makeup, that part of my DNA, all that, all that stuff, all those things are baked into who I am. And I had to, I had to really own it and I control the narrative about my life. And that doesn't matter if I'm talking about myself as an immigrant woman, or I'm talking about talking about myself as a black woman or a leader or anything. I absolutely control the narrative of who I am. So some things I used to do, and I still do this now, sometimes when I'm in um, like an employee engagement type situation or at an event and I'm surrounded by people who look like me and they're saying something and, and they're all American, meaning they're African-American and I'm clearly not. I'll remind people, hey, remember I wasn't born here. I don't know what you're talking about. Or I can't, I don't understand, you know, can you help me understand why this is impacting you like this? We don't have the same shared experiences. So I do remind people of that, you know, whenever I need to, because I, I do need the context. So I speak up. I, you know, when I was younger in my corporate journey, um, I wouldn't say anything because I think, you know, God, they don't want to, you know, they're going to think I'm not trying to fit in. Well, at this point, <laughs> because I realized it's not, I'm not even interested in fitting in. I want to learn more about you so that we're both comfortable and we're sharing the space, but that doesn't mean that I stop being who I am so that you're, you're comfortable about who you are. It's about, learning both ends and so that's right. what's helped me right and i and i and i think you hit the nail on the head right there with the difference is when we are trying to pretend yeah like you know what's happening it's exhausting <laughs> it's exhausting but we also lose the opportunity to learn yeah and i think for me being in the dei space that's been one of the challenges was when i started was people assuming that you know a lot of things about racism in america the history of blacks in america I just want to sit there and learn. I just want to be a participant and, and, you know, increase in knowledge about some of these things, but people expect you to take on the role, you know, people of other color will come and approach me and be asking me some questions where I don't feel comfortable speaking as an expert on that. Right. And then you won't speak up because you don't want to sound stupid or sound like you should know that. Shouldn't you know that? Are you not a black person? And, and it's always, it's been, I'm still on that journey. I mean, you've probably been on this journey for a while. Uh, for me, is being able to own that. Like, I'm not from here and that's okay. Like, I'm not apologizing for who I am. That's just who I am. That's right. right. That's right. And look, in the same way, I don't expect anyone, I, you know, a lot of my, my Asian friends, my Asian besties, I don't expect them to, to understand what the walk is like in my shoes. Right. And, and in fact, if you, if you dig even deeper, 
again, as a Jamaican woman, we are a class-based system still. So there are conversations that I wouldn't even have with certain family members in Jamaica because of the way that we're culturally set up. And right. I don't expect them to understand my journey. And But again, I think it comes down to, you know, respecting people, you know, wherever. It doesn't matter where you're from. If we just respect each other, we're human beings first. And so if we stat, start from that lens, then we, we'll be fine. But in the same way I want to accept you for wherever you came from, you're going to have to take this yadi as she is. Right. And, and yeah, and that's very important. Thank you for sharing that. So let's, I think we've sort of already started going into it. Insights for immigrant women, for international students that from Jamaica or from any other place as an immigrant, what are some of the, the tools and resources that helped you at work that you would recommend they latch on to right now if they are earlier on in their career? Or if they are stuck, you know, you could be not so early in your career as an immigrant, but you're sort of at that place where you're just cruising, right? But you want to advance. What are some of the tools and resources that helped you or that you're seeing now that yeah. uh, you would recommend? So I think a couple of things. The first thing, um, if you're in an organization where you have employee resource groups, definitely get involved, okay? <laughs> This is one of the easiest ways for you to become um, kind of assimilated, if you will, into the culture of your organization and where when you show up as X, whatever that X is, whether you're showing up as a Jamaican, an Asian, an African, it doesn't matter, that you are, you're coming into a group that's looking for you to, and expecting you to be authentic to who you are. And a lot of employee resource groups are actually wanting employees to, sh you know, to show and teach and share about their own cultures. By the way, that's good for business, okay? Employee resource groups are good for business, helps with employee retention, and having uh, organizations that are, are supporting your, you know, the culture, you know, again, it's all good for your business. So make sure that you do that. The second thing I would definitely say um, for groups that, you know, maybe there's a group, I have a small circle of, of folks that are from different backgrounds. So I try to build circle of relationships. So it might be a circle of friends or mentors. It might be folks within your community your business community now is what I'm talking about. Um, you, you know, maybe building a group like that, but do not have it. Don't, don't have it be just people who look like you. You don't want to build an echo chamber. What you're looking for is to build a group of, you know, kind of like your extended family where you can go to and talk to about, you know, how you're problem solving or how you're thinking through some of these things or how you're managing some of the challenges that you're facing at work. So that's just another thing. You know, if you can't, uh, if you can't be a part of an employee resource group internally, then build your own network externally. And by the way, if you're not on LinkedIn, you should be. And that's a great way for you to meet people globally and, and start building those, those, uh, those connections and those networks. Those are the two things. I think the third thing I would leave you at is, I, I mentioned this before about, I, I accept the truth about who I am. And that's really important. I mean, it's just, you know, I honor where I'm from. I honor my parents. I honor my legacy that I'm going to leave for my daughter, and I just honor where I'm from. And when you when you start from that place, um, you know, no one's going to knock knock into that. You know, I'm very proud of where I'm from. It doesn't change anything. You're bringing something to the table. We we should be you know unique. We're walking different paths, and I don't shy away from that. So as I told you before, you got to own the narrative, and part of your narrative is being proud of who you are and where you're coming from. So those three things I think should should uh, should should help out regardless of where you are in your career walk. 
I love it. I love it. And we're definitely going to share your details on um, when this episode is posted because I think yeah. there's so much wisdom to share on this topic and and so that people can know where to find you and see some yeah. of the other amazing work that you're doing uh, to develop in addition to being part of corporate America, oh, which yeah. you're still actively doing. <laughs> yes. I, I think you're doing a lot of work also around that owning your identity and yes. making an impact and showing us as an example of how you can follow your passion yes. in different ways. So thank you so much for, for coming on and for sharing, Shirley. I'm so excited to have my audience listen to your episode <laughs> and to connect with you. And don't forget that your daughter might not be a doctor ever. <laughs> oh, well, she's out. <laughs> thank you so much. I enjoyed this. chatting with you. Thank you so much, Shirley. Thank it was you. great having you on. Thank Bye. you. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Lola Adeyemo, as always, for these important conversations on the corporate world of work from the immigrant perspective. For more resources and upcoming events, please visit our website, www.immigrantsincorporate.org. You can also follow us on Instagram at Immigrants Incorporate. If you are on LinkedIn, please join the group Thriving in Intersectionality Immigrants Incorporate America. There will be a new episode every week, so make sure you are subscribed to get notified. Please leave us a rating, leave a review, and I hope to see you next time. Thank you.